Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding. And you might be wondering where I was last week. We're getting close to 70 episodes, but we had a recording gone bad. It was our first time we were trying four people. So there was four of us on the recording. And unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. And we had a bunch of technical issues. And one person where the recording actually didn't come through. And we didn't have time to reshoot. So this is my apology to you for I'm sure you're just waiting on the edge of your seat. Just couldn't wait for another conversion tracking playbook pod. That's what happened last week. So hopefully you uh, took the time to, I don't know, listen to something else. Maybe Tim Ferriss. Anyways, so that's last week. Today, I'm going to go through some updates with Google Ads and things that we're seeing. Some other updates around server-side destinations. And also just some caveats to think about for dynamic product ads or view through impressions. And I will bring back the old and new cookie combo around Safari 16.4. Before I get into those topics, I have a few quick notes to share or news points to share. If you missed the GA4 audit walkthrough that Katie and Vishal performed in our team last week, it's on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. It was the longest webinar I've ever been on, but we promoted it as we're basically taking the audit that we charge for and, and implement potentially for some of you listening. And Katie and Vishal were just walking through step by step so you could follow along and audit and tune up your GA4 property all on your own. So that's about two hours. You can obviously take it at your own pace. There's an audit doc that goes with it. There is a app script that we created that will automatically transfer universal analytics behavior event tags. So think like if you're tracking people clicking on your main navigation or features on a product page, it'll automatically create GA4 event tags in your GTM container. So you don't have to do that manually and a few other call outs. But anyways, link in the show notes to YouTube so you can watch that replay if you did not see it. The next quick news update I have for you is around checkout extensibility. A very hot topic for all of our Plus customers. We've had a beta running for a bit as we've been working with the Shopify team on a lot of the new APIs that they're rolling out. Testing is going great. So we have a bunch of stores that both Plus and non-Plus that we've been testing with and just ensuring that all checkout tracking is working as expected. So that's going great. I would expect this to open up to all customers and Anybody that's listening, that's a customer you'll get an email from, likely me and a Friday email or a separate dedicated email that you can basically will give you the thumbs up that all is good once you're ready to migrate to checkout extensibility if you've not done already and ensure that you maintain essentially the best possible attribution and tracking within checkout extensibility that anyone can offer. You can still do it today. And again, we still have some customers that have already upgraded to checkout extensibility. This beta we've been working on is just an enhancement that ensures you just have the best of the best tracking. So that's it on the checkout extensibility update. And last but not least, in terms of news, I feel very grateful and blessed that I've worked with many of you listening to this for two, three, four years. And we've been in the trenches, just continuing to invest in forward-thinking solutions around tracking. So this goes predates iOS and where we really started to go dig deep into GTM server-side container that they released 
I don't know, three plus three and a half. I can't can't keep track of time sometimes. Many years ago, when the, it first came out and we released uh, an integration and started promoting that right away just because we knew it was going to enhance tracking and make Facebook performance better, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so we invest a lot into our own R&D looking ahead. So when these new releases like Safari come out, it's not news to us. Many times this information is already known. It's just not as public and there's not the fear mongering ads and promotion going out when it's finally quote unquote publicly released. Anyways, now I would say less than 10% of our customers are still using their own GTM server side container. Everyone else, every other customer that's utilizing server side tracking with Elevar on what we've historically have called our fully managed server side tracking. That's where all of our R&D and investment has gone into the last couple of years. We are actively migrating or trying to offer to migrate those last sub 10% of folks. So if you didn't get an email from me a few weeks ago on this, just let me know, shoot me an email, brad at getelevar.com and let me know so we can help at least educate you on why we are migrating folks over and ultimately sunsetting GTM server-side container support later this year. You might ask why, if everything's quote-unquote running perfectly, you're still seeing 100% conversion accuracy. I hold my guarantees close. We do have a couple guarantees at Elevar, but I do hold, I don't guarantee everything and everything, but I can pretty much guarantee that you will see significant improvements in, even if you just look at Facebook, you will see significant improvements to even if it's just your in-platform reporting ROAS, which is ultimately going to help your bid efficiency, but lower CPMs, lower CPCs. And you can also take advantage of our new server-side destinations like Klaviyo and Google Ads coming soon, which I'll share more about that in a minute, where that's a little bit more of that direct ROI, where we're just going to be able to send more product for you and add a card events to Klaviyo through our server-side integration that allows more of your triggered flows to function. So again, I've seen many, I've been looking at before and afters for a while when we've been doing these migrations, and that's why I feel very confident about that guarantee. Speaking of Google Ads, I shared this a few weeks ago on LinkedIn, and there's been some recent news this week that Google released around GA4. Shocker, more updates coming out from Google on GA4, which is, it can be a good or bad thing. Ultimately, it's a good thing, but you might be thinking, I can't keep up with all these updates. So let's just start looking at Google Ads conversions. Historically, you would have a linked universal analytics conversion where you would link your transactions from UA and potentially goals. You'd link those into Google Ads and that might be a primary or secondary conversion for you. You also have the ability to add direct, I don't know if it's called this exactly, but basically a Google Ads conversion tag. You'll see the option when you're creating a new conversion, it'll say, are you going to hard code this or use GTM? But these are Google Ads conversion tags, which most of you probably have this as well. And now you have GA4, so the ability to link conversions and from your GA4 property into Google Ads. So what I've been looking at and what I shared a few weeks ago was, because we get the question, what do you recommend we set our primary conversion? Should we use GA4 now because you're sending server-side events to GA4 and there historically hasn't been a server-side integration for the Google Ads tag? The TLDR is the Google Ads conversion tag, so the actual not the linked UA conversion or not the linked GA4 conversion was still continuing to outperform even a GA4 property that has 100% conversion accuracy. The Google Ads tag was still performing typically by a lot, so 20 to 30%. Again, that's the, I wouldn't say it's 100% rule, but that was certainly the majority of what I was seeing. If you are planning on setting this up, just having your GA4 link conversion and Google Ads to the Google Ads direct conversion, just be sure you run it over 30 days just to let attribution settings and just let the dust settle a little bit on that. 
if you've already had this configured where you might start to see this change, and I would actually expect to see that 20 to 30% come down if it hasn't already for some of you, is Google did announce that instead of GA4 conversions that were being linked to Google Ads, historically they were only counting a conversion inside of Google Ads if it was a non-direct last-click conversion in Google Analytics terminology. So if it was a or last non-direct click conversion in GA4, then it would show up as a conversion inside of your Google Ads account. They've recently, I think this was this week, they just announced that that is no longer a restriction and now linked GA4 conversions into your Google Ads account will also take partial credit. So let's say the path was click Google Ads link or potentially Google Ads view, then come back through Klaviyo or Attentive or Facebook or any anything else besides Direct or Google. And then they, the user completes a purchase. In that example, the old way of the GA4 linked conversions to Google Ads, the GA4 conversion would not show in Google Ads. But the new way, what Google just explained and announced, that that conversion path should result in some partial credit being attributed to the linked GA4 conversion. I feel like I am in nomenclature soup right now with all these different terms. So hopefully uh, I got all that out and uh, it's making sense. But yeah, I'm in jargon soup right now in my head, just trying to read through my notes and explain everything. Long and short of it, I would still recommend keeping your Google Ads direct tag, whether you have that set hard-coded in Shopify or you are using Google Tag Manager for that. I would still leave that as your primary if that's what you've always done. And then just have the GA4 run in parallel as a secondary conversion just so you can see that track over time. Whew, that was a tough one. All right, last thing on Google Ads. I have a quick update on the Google Ads server-side destination that I've been promoting or talking about for at least a month or two. Wanted to share it for many, many more months. Anyway, so we have a few of our customers already set up on this and seeing results that we would expect, just like when you add server-side tracking to any other channel, you're typically going to see 20 to 30% more conversions reported and or attributed. So that's, again, very early to say that's the majority, but that is what we've seen in a few of the customers that have this set up. The reason why we aren't opening it up or we actually can't open it up to everyone to try is uh, Google actually has to go through the our whole app installation, configuration, et cetera, and basically just give us a stamp of approval that everything's good and essentially unlock us for unlimited quota. So that's that's why we, if you haven't heard from us and you are on the wait list, that's why you haven't heard from us yet. However, we are literally running as fast as we can. Shout out to John, who's been literally probably talking to Google every day for months, if not years. So we are on top of that for you and very excited because we know for most of you, that's your number one or number two channel for driving revenue for the business. So if we can help you make more money, then that makes me happy. Moving on to server-side destinations. Episode number one is still one of my favorite episodes with Thomas Slater, VP of Engineering, where we talked about why can't all tracking move server-side. If you didn't listen to it or you just want me to summarize one of the main messages out of that, the common answer is many trackers don't have an API to send data, quote-unquote, server-side to. So they don't have a conversion API. And they instead rely on their on-site pixel There are also destinations that actually don't want server-side tracking enabled because that means they can only capture click-attributed conversions. So these are typically going to be marketing vendors where they are displaying ads for you outside of your site. And 
really just want to rely on potential view through attribution. So common scenario would be user goes to your site, the MarTech vendor, so just the Critios or even Googles or et cetera. If they're setting cookies on your site, the user goes to another site. So let's say they're going to a weather channel or a blog and one of the ads that's displaying is surfaced from one of these vendors. So it's their inventory. So they're showing your ad and the user doesn't click on the ad, but they come back to the site, but it's visible. So that let's say they're looking at their weather map on the right sidebar, they see your ad displayed. The user doesn't click the ad, but it's visible. They come back to your site, complete a purchase. Most networks are going to want to take some view through credit for that impression essentially. So that is a reason where even when we get server-side integrations up and running with them, some of them don't want that to be their primary method. They would prefer that you, the brand, keep their client-side tracking in place. So while some of this third-party cookie cross-site tracking still works today, primarily in Chrome, that they are still getting credit for that. So that is a just a quick thing I wanted to share, a quick reason. Everyone would love to have all tracking move server-side and move outside the browser and really just not need anything to happen at all, not relying on any cookies. We're still not quite there yet, and that is one more reason that I wanted to share. If you get any pushback either from our team sharing why we can't do it or the vendors that you work with directly. Speaking of cookies, I'm still seeing and hearing a bunch of concern around Safari 16.4. Let's just talk with ads, let alone what might be happening or shared on Twitter or in private groups or private emails, et cetera. But just some ads that are out there that's, quote unquote, you think iOS was bad, wait until you see 16.4, so Safari 16.4. It's just, it's fear mongering. If you didn't listen to my previous episode on this exact topic where I went through in more detail, it's for most of you, by most, I mean likely 90% of you, if not more, listening to this, Safari 16.4 is not going to have an impact on you. In short, unless you were or are using a service to actively extend the expiration date of third-party cookies, first-party cookies, but actively extend the expiration date of a cookie on your site by using this tracking service that relies on configuring A records or quad A records. So aka you'd have to go through and set up changes in your DNS settings that creates a subdomain where you know it's ABC, XYZ, SSAPI, whatever it might be, but you're creating a subdomain that's an A record or a quad A record where that service that's running through that subdomain is actually trying to reset that cookie expiration. If you aren't doing any of that, then you aren't impacted. There's no change in the impact that you are already feeling from everything else that's happening in the world of browser protection and privacy protection. 16.4 was basically the extension of, okay, a year or two ago, a bunch of tracking vendors, whether it was individual vendors or other services like Elevar or Google Tag Manager Service Side Container or other other solutions that again work and live in this world. Before it was like, all right, we're going to use a C name and we're going to do C name cloaking. So browsers won't know that the cookie is actually coming from third party and it's actually coming from your domain, your first party domain. And this 16.4 is essentially the browser. So Safari or WebKit saying, all right, we figured out C name cloaking. We blocked that. That won't work anymore. You tried another hack to use a records and we're preventing that and going to force if we detect that you are trying to do that through a record dns changes we're just going to enforce a 24 hour seven day expiration or whatever the rules are for that particular inbound traffic again this is fairly complicated and it's super complicated actually it's not even fairly it's very complicated so if you want to hear about this in more detail there'll be a link in the show notes that john he just has a great way of 
really simplifying explanations of this. So you can read through that, but you can also listen to my previous episode where I go into more detail. But again, if you, this is actually another reason. So let's say you are using your own GTM service side container or another service that you are using a subdomain for your tracker. And you don't need an Elevar customer for either of these. You could be doing this on your own or using another service completely. But if you, let's say you are not an Elevar customer, you're using a GTM service side container and you are using an open source like cookie extender or something like that where it's trying to extend the expiration of cookies, that won't work anymore. But again, if I were to go through all the remaining customers that we have using GTM service side containers, I can pretty much guarantee 98% of you don't have that. So it wouldn't that wouldn't impact you regardless. I'm going to leave that one alone since the last episode. I just talked quite a bit about that. I recap for you and I'm going to pull some 16.4 traffic data here for you before I do the recap. I looked at a few sites and you can do this by going to your own Google Analytics, go to technology, browser and OS, and you can do your filtering by browser, Safari, browser version. And a few that I just looked at are still less than 25% of sessions are using Safari 16.4. Majority are still 16.3. So basically what that means is 16.4 is not really fully rolled out yet. Either people haven't upgraded their browser, whatever it might be. So even if you're worried that things are crashing on site or performance crashing is crashing because of 16.4, just go see what your total coverage or users that have 16.4, it's likely you still have a, a fairly low percentage of your overall traffic. So that's all I got. A recap, we went through Google Ads and why we're recommending still leveraging your Google Ads tag for your primary conversion. I gave a quick update on our server-side Google Ads destination, checkout extensibility, ready to open it up for, at least in the Elevar uh, tracking aspect, open that up, support up for everybody. Server-side destinations, don't be surprised if you still have vendors that tell you no, they don't want server-side only tracking, they want client-side so they can still get view through impression conversions or attribution. And a quick refresher and trying to just, I would say, throttle the uh, concern around Safari 16.4. That's all I got. I will see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.